So last week we asked the question, what is faith? And if we recall, for those of you who have been, were here last year for this Mass, this 530 Mass, which I preached, right, remember that faith is that supernatural grace given to us. Fundamentally and primarily, it's a grace given. Supernatural faith is not something that we can create or produce ourselves. We have to receive it first. And this was important for our consideration because we have to look and see if there's any maybe serious, grave, mortal sins that are blocking that grace from entering into our hearts and in our lives. And thanks be to God, as we heard last week, right, Jesus established and instituted the sacrament of reconciliation, the sacrament of confession, so as to unblock that river, so to speak, unblock that river of grace, that river of supernatural faith, so that we may become alive again. But let's dive a little deeper into the nature of faith and what faith really is. Now, I'm about to ask a question that may seem kind of odd to ask, but bear with me for a second. Is our faith rational? Let me ask it this way. Does our faith make sense? Is it reasonable? Is it worth believing? Now, you may say, Father, why do you ask that question? Because I think that faith sometimes can reduce to kind of, maybe to give you this image, that we're closing our eyes really tight, holding our fists and just peeking out with one eye, hoping that there's no monster there to, you know, make us scared. We're we're hoping that, you know, we're not like uh, proven wrong. We we close our eyes and clench our fists, hoping things that don't screw up or they, they, they work for us. We hope that our faith isn't challenged by something. Because if it is, it may just prove to be wrong. And then we've given our lives to something that was fake. Or maybe I think sometimes we reduce faith to just kind of a random choice. Or just some blind impulse that just say, well, they say you just got to have faith. Now, that's a beautiful thing, but I think that it can hurt us in some sense because the way we answer that question, is our faith rational? Is it reasonable? Is it worth believing? Determines why we even come to Mass Sunday after Sunday. It determines why we pray, hopefully every day. It determines why we're willing to give our whole lives to meet the demands of the gospel that Jesus gives to us. It's quite important for us to know that we place our faith in not an idea, not a lucky notion, not a blind impulse, not just something random, but rather we place our faith in something certain, in something proved, in something true, but more importantly, we place our faith in some one, but not just any someone. In our first reading, just proclaimed for us not moments ago, Peter's preaching in the temple area, and he's recalling in summary form, right, the events, the recent events that occurred in Jerusalem. He says, God has thus brought to fulfillment what he announced beforehand through the mouth of all the prophets, 
that his Christ would suffer. And so he's saying to everyone, what happened to that man that we call Jesus of Nazareth was prophesied centuries and centuries before it ever happened. In short, it was no random event. Then, moving to the gospel, we hear another one of Christ's encounters with his disciples, and he appears to them, and we hear this, that they were startled and terrified that they thought they were seeing a ghost. In other words, they couldn't believe what they were seeing. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The man that was crucified is standing before us? What's going on? And so Jesus challenges their doubt. He says, what are you troubled for? Why do questions arise in your hearts? Then shortly after, he says, these are the words I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and in the prophets and Psalms must be fulfilled. Thus it is written that the Christ would suffer and rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins would be preached in his name to all the nations beginning from Jerusalem. You see, our Lord, he wonders why they're still afraid and why they don't have faith in him. Because there's been prophecies upon prophecies upon prophecies about the events that would occur. And on top of that, Jesus himself told them what would happen on multiple occasions. And still, they don't have faith. Let me, let me tell you this. No other religious figure, religious leader, had his birth, his life, his death, and his return to life all prophesied about him, and they all come true. None. All other religious leaders, my brothers and sisters, are dead or alive. None of them died and came to life again and is still alive. That is no coincidence. That is not just a random circumstance. Now, let's ask, why do we consider this? Why is this important for us? Because our faith, my brothers and sisters, is not just some in, in some random event, some blind impulse, some irrational, emotionally stimulating idea that gives us the feel-goods and positive vibes. No, our faith is in a person. A person who has a name, Jesus the Nazarene, the one who was crucified, the one who rose three days later, the one who has divinely orchestrated history. That is who we place our faith in. And this is why we can give our entire life to him as faith demands of us. We place it in something that is certain, that is real. Let's face it. Our world is filled with fake news, lack of trust, uncertainty after uncertainty. People live without commitments because if it doesn't prove true, they can immediately leave and escape from it. 
In the depths of our souls and our hearts, we look for something proven and permanent. We long for that. Now, this is not a condemnation on anyone who has a tattoo, okay? But I've wondered, when you look at the culture, there's like an increase in people getting tattoos. And I wonder why. I think it's because they're looking for something permanent in their life. They want something that's going to be there for them at all times. Is not our life full of ups and downs? Does not the unknown sometimes scare us? Does worry, fear, doubt sometimes consume us? If so, we have a remedy, my brothers and sisters. A beautiful remedy. And he says to you, peace be with you. He says to you, why are you troubled? Why do questions arise in your heart? He says to you, look at my hands and my feet. Let me reveal to you that the very flesh and bones, the very body that was crucified, the very body that died, is the same body risen I was resurrected for you. He says to you, see the very holes in my hands, my feet, in my side. It is I myself. Touch me. See me. Because a ghost does not have flesh and bones. Let me eat this fish to prove to you that I am who I say I am. Remember all the things I said to you that would happen? All the things that were told of me years upon years before they ever happened, you see, they came true. They've been proven. They're certain. They're real. And he says to you, you are my witnesses. You are the witnesses to the certainty, to the permanence of life in me. Why do you fail to trust me? Why do you still not have faith? I'm giving you the grace, but you reject it sometimes. With all this uncertainty around you, you can come to me. I am the certain one. I'm the righteous one. I'm the author of life whom you crucified, yet who rose on the third day. And he says to you, believe in me. Because the glory that I reveal to you now, risen from the dead, is something certain for you to share in if you just simply trust in me and follow my commandments. My brothers and sisters, let us now be quick to faith because we don't believe in an idea, a random impulse. We're not just closing our eyes, clenching our fists, hoping that all this works out. No, he's risen. You see his hands, you see his feet, you see the very feet and hands inside that was pierced and rose again. That glory 
is our destiny too. That is what we place our faith in.